All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuck sticks? What the fuckadelics? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. The sun burned my trees. The sun burned my trees. What the fuck is happening? I asked the gardener guy. I'm like, what's up with the trees? He said, I'm pretty sure it was the sun just burned them. Oh, is that all? The sun burned the trees. Is this unusual? Is 118 degree heat in uh, Los Angeles unusual? Yes. And then when you realize, oh, it burned the trees. It burned a lot of trees. It just burned the landscape. Just fried it. So... If you're thinking about doing exercise and working out and stuff, make sure adapting to uh, to the life of a lizard or a snake operating in that type of intensity is part of your plan. If you can get your body temperature down to about cold-bloodedness and you can uh, sort of exist under rocks where it's still hot because once, uh, once we blow out the power grid and the trees burn... It's going to be, uh, you know, you just, I'm just saying, look, I'm not being negative. I'm just saying integrate that into your workout, you know, preparing for that. You know, if you're doing the running, you know, do it in 110 degree heat. You know, deny yourself water and don't cool down. Can the distractions available obliterate our awareness totally of what is happening? The trees are burning, not from fire. It's from a hot day. Will the distractions available, will the Marvel movies and the options and the uh, streaming services, will, will it succeed in obliterating our ability to connect with reality, completely enabling our denial of uh, said reality? I, I don't know, but I'm just rethinking the last paragraph of George Orwell's 1984 And he gazed up at the enormous face. Forty years it had taken him to learn what kind of smile was hidden beneath the dark mustache. Oh, cruel, needless misunderstanding. Oh, stubborn, self-willed exile from the loving breast. Two gin-scented tears trickled down the sides of his nose. But it was all right. Everything was all right. The struggle was finished. He had won the victory over himself. He loved Big Brother. I think what might be more frightening and what really might be the next turn of the screw of, of, of how consumer culture works is that the last line, but it was all right. Everything was all right. The struggle was finished. He had won the victory over himself. He didn't give a fuck. Didn't give a fuck. I'm tired. I'm through the worst of it. You know, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to sit on my porch and watch the trees melt. Ray Liotta is on the show today. Who doesn't fucking love Ray Liotta? You have to. You have to. You have to just recognize it. Goodfellas is is the most watchable movie almost ever. I, I'll, I'll start watching Goodfellas wherever it's on, even if, it's, if, if the cussing is cut out. 
But uh, Ray Liotta is here. And uh, it was wild to sit across from Ray Liotta. Also here today, Jim Jeffries for a minute. But on the other side of burning trees and fucking it all and losing hope or hoping for not the best, but just a little bit of uh, relief from something. I uh, went to see an amazing chunk of art. Sarah the Painter is doing a uh, a public uh, art commission for the city of San Francisco for their new airport terminal. And she has designed a, it, it's going to be about 150 feet long, 10 foot high by six foot panels of stained glass in, uh, in her style of abstraction. And... I went and saw about five or six of the panels as they move together, as they are created over at uh, Judson Studio, which is this century-old-plus stained-glass studio. And just the meeting of the creativity and abstract intent of Sarah Kane with this, you know, kind of a old-timey medium pretty fucking stunning she gave a little talk had some people over shared the process but it's going to be just massive colors to see stained glass taken out of the hands of jesus you don't see it too often you see it as decorative on you know in houses and whatnot but this thing is massive and just the you know this place it's making the glass that she's designing, you know, did Frank Lloyd Wright houses, they do big churches, they do, it's just a medium, you may not pay attention to it, it may have a, a sort of place in your mind, but it's probably not an exciting place, but man, it was just exciting to see some new kind of uh, understanding of something so familiar and so mind-blowing. Art is good for you. Pull yourself out of your phone. Get yourself out of the clickbait. Get into some stuff that's moving into the imagination, out pushing the envelope with creativity. I don't know if it's going to save us. I don't know if art is going to save us, but it can certainly remind us that we're fucking human. Right? So Jim Jeffries has been here before. He's a filthy man. You know, Jim, uh, he does have a, a new special coming out on Netflix. Uh, this is me now. It's called it premieres tomorrow, July 13th. So we dropped by and uh, we talked a bit about uh, who he is now. Jim Jeffries. How many like how many kids you got now? I've only got the one kid, but I, I, I have like a live in nanny when I've got him and stuff like that. You know, so I, I, that's that's. It's two people. So you've got the kid, <laughs> but you got no. Uh, the wife's gone. The wife's gone. But she lives. She only lives half. A, well, I was never married, but she only lives half a mile down the road. Yeah, uh, we have a very good relationship. So we, I see her once a week. Probably. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was all. It's all good. Yeah. We 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 were very clever, and what we did was we. Uh, we got she got pregnant after knowing her for two months yeah and so uh you knew her for two months knew her for two months she i got, think i kind of remember this yeah but one of, one of the good things is people um a lot of people get uh people pregnant that they love yeah and that's a silly thing 
Because that, that, that'll, that'll turn to hate eventually. So if you just get someone pregnant who you kind of like and maybe kinda you know, like. know a little bit, yeah. you can get to know them. And then you'll always kind of like them. Yeah. And then, <laughs> it may never turn to love, but it probably won't turn to hate. So that's that's the, right. So, so then like, you know, you have a kid, so that gives you an excuse to sort of get to know them as they grow as people. So how long did the thing last anyway? The, the, we, we muscled out four years. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And, then, and now it's like... Uh, he's 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 heading on to six now. So, but no, we, we no we must maybe we, maybe we did five years, including before he was born. Like yeah, stuff. But we've been bringing up for a bit over a year. How's the kid turning out? He's doing good. Yeah, yeah happy little fella. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's the problem. It's like I, it's nothing to do with me. He, he's he's just very well behaved. Yeah, and well, so I I've always wanted. I don't know if it wants a thing, but I've I've always. Uh, I thought that I would be a very strict parent. I yeah. Thought, I very, really? I thought disciplinary. I was disciplined very hard as a kid. Yeah, but didn't you, it seems like your entire uh, life has been pushing back against that. Yes, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. But I, all, all I've got is the naughty step. That's all I do. That's yeah. all. My, all <laughs> like, like if he just the like, naughty step. Yeah, it's the naughty step. It's a yeah. big thing. You know, and they get, they have to sit there for one minute of, the, of each year of their life. So he's up to five minutes naughty step time now. What what is that? Some kind of uh, Australian disciplinary thing? No, that's no. You watch any like. Super nanny type program. Any parent knows about the naughty step. I will explain it to me because I I, I I avoided the parenting. Okay, well, what happens with the naughty step is the child has to sit in on a step like uh, yeah. somewhere in the house and just sort of ponder what they've done. Yeah, for you know if it's one year they have to sit there for one minute, two years, two, and so my, my son's up to five minutes worth of naughty step. I don't know if he knows that if he just start, decides to stand up and walk away, yeah. I, I really don't have anything else to do. I have no other. I have nothing else in my artillery to go in there. You sit there on that step and you have a think about it. But it's like, yeah, it does work for if some he, reason. So if he says, "Fuck you, Dad," I'm out. That's yeah. you're okay. Ah, oh, well, yeah. you have a good get, time. Get back on your step. <laughs> All right, I'll remember this. But ne- it, next time you're getting a double amount of step. But he's like, what is he? Six, right? He's five. Five. Six, so six. I mean, you know, the, you, the, you, this is relatively easy. If he's been easy up to this point. I guess, you know, when they're really, you know, two or three, it's a pain in the ass. It yeah, can I, be. I thought, yeah, I heard about the terrible twos and stuff. I, I miss him being two. Yeah. I like that. It was, it was the, it was, you didn't really have to worry about them at that age. Right. I, I'm starting to, even now, I start to worry about things like, are you worried, like, like, are they going to, like, you're going to be boiling some hot water and they're going to pour it over their head? Do you have or, a pool? I have a pool, yeah. Yeah. But now he can swim, so that's, oh. that's cool. But, um... I, you never had to worry. Now I worry about my child socially. Yeah, like when he, he's starting school, and I go, "Oh, geez, I hope he, I hope he has friends." Right. And how's that turning out? Uh, we well, just he's just about to start school. He, oh, had, you don't he know. had he had preschool, and he had his group of mates, and now he has to go off and get his new group of friends. But where, how was he in preschool? A leader, or was he? He was all right. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he was a leader. You watch the you watch these plays that they put on at the preschools. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, wasn't Michael Jackson discovered at five? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it was, no, a, it was around. It was a family thing. Yeah. Yeah. The whole family yeah. is there. And I, I look at the, the like the concerts they put on, and I'm like, none of these kids, none of them, <laughs> not no, gonna, no, no, we're, we're not got any. Not gonna do it. But then, then is it that we're just not hitting our kids? Is Michael Jackson a product of of uh, child beating? Is uh-huh. that where the motivation comes in to be elite? I maybe, but I, I mean, then it, there's a question, uh, uh, of course, of like, do, do we need another Michael Jackson? I mean, can he, you know, because it's got to be incredibly hard on the kid at some point. Yeah, of course it has. Did yeah. your dad hit you? My mother did. My dad didn't. 
Yeah. My dad probably hit me two or three times, but nothing too serious. Like, there's a little smack here, a little smack here. So, but my mother really wailed on us. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, like out of control that. shit? Like, it wasn't, oh. it wasn't about discipline. It was just about she Bro- had enough. Broke one of my brother's legs. Um, Bro- what? Yeah. Uh, one time, she, uh, I went to a hospital with, like, a, a split in the side of my head from a belt that, that hit me. Yeah, yeah. She, she, oh, she went to town. Big woman. Big, like, she had a, she had a real good, she had a real good swing on her. Yeah. Well, she used to do that thing if you, if you answered back where she did the open hand slap. Oh, yeah. Like, but yeah. do you remember when parents used to hit their kids, like, in, like, just in Ralph's? Yeah, well, yeah, of course. And now it doesn't really happen so much in yeah. public. Yeah, I mean, well, there's a, thankfully a bit of shame involved. There's a bit of shame, yeah. There's a bit of shame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember I used to get popped. My dad used to pop me with, like, these two fingers. Like, just like, it was almost on more- On the forehead? Yeah, just on the face, or, like, in the head. Yeah, like, it was almost more humiliating than a hit. Just sort of the sweaty, like, bing. It, it stung. <laughs> it didn't bloody me, but it was just sort of like, you know, it was just kind of annoying and fucked up. Yeah, my son will go into his bedroom for... I'll just lose him in the house. Well, I'll be watching TV, he'll wander off. I assume he's off doing something with Lego or something. Yeah. And then I think, I haven't seen him for about now. <laughs> and I'll, 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 I'll wander around, I'll find him, and he'll be like in a cupboard, just in a ball. And then I go, what's wrong with you? He goes, you hurt my feelings. Oh. And then I'm like, how did I hurt your feelings? You said that I was... And I can't even remember saying anything. Sure. I, I thought I was joking around with him. Very sensitive little kid. Oh, well, yeah, they were kids. Yeah. I was tough, I reckon. I were you, well, we, we, your mom's like smacking you with a belt, I guess you get yeah. a little resilient, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is your mom uh, still around? She's still around. She, 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 with the, with the beatings, we're, both me and my brothers have confronted her, but she's a little, uh, she's like, oh, I don't remember if all of those things happened. Some of them sound a little familiar. Yeah. And it's like, well. So what, is, does the kid have any talent that you can see? At fi- it, it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. Like I went, I took him to. Um, uh, it's the most embarrassed I've been as a parent, as yeah. like a person. I, I took him to Harry Potter World, yeah. and he said he wanted one of the wands. And then they, you know, they choose you out a wand. Yeah. You know, there's a special thing where they go, "This is the one that you're gonna get." You know. Yeah. And so he stood there, and then the 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 girl who was working there, she goes to me, "What interest does he have?" Oh, I didn't. <laughs> like he's like toys, <laughs> pulling his dick a little bit, like just stretching it, not like masturbating, but stretching his dick. Yeah, and toys, and that's it. He likes he likes practical jokes. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like like what interest? He's five. Yeah. What interest does so he have? Did, did did he get? I don't a, even know my interests. Yeah, and right now. Yeah, yeah. Did he get the dick wand? What did he, he get? Did, he got the pulling the dick wand. <laughs> he got like I, I can't remember what it was. It was like I think it wasn't a good one. I think it was like uh, like a Slytherin-y one. I, I don't know really the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it was in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, people like him. So what? Uh, yeah, they do. They yeah. fucking like them. I, 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 they like the books too. I never read them. Yeah, I'm thinking of reading the books for him. Well, I've just recently become a person who can read. I, it's just been coming. Like I'm looking at your your place here with all these books. And yeah. I'm like, you obviously read. Well, some uh, of them are aspirations. They're not yeah. all read. They're not. <laughs> I haven't read all of them. Well, I I I always. Um, uh, I had dyslexia as a kid, and so then I just didn't dyslexia. Read. Yeah, I was just dyslexic, and so so I I just found reading hard as a sort yeah. of teenager. So I never read for pleasure, 
And I have read, I think, like two or three biographies, and that's all I've read in my whole life. Right. And one of them was like Chevy Chase's biography. Oh, and, yeah. Time well spent. Yeah. <laughs> Out of the three books you read, one of them was Chevy Chase's biography. <laughs> Not even his autobiography, no. just a biography. I read the I read, I read the Chris Farley story. Sure. Which was quite a fun yeah, little it, read. It's exciting at the end. Um and so I, I can't remember what the other thing was. It was something something to do with the Beatles or something. Yeah, and now you're picking it up again? Anyway, no, but since I started doing the TV show and I had to start reading the auto cue, right. I, I, I'm getting good at reading, just reading in general. And so I'm starting to enjoy reading. Oh, that's and interesting. So I'm, I'm starting to think about, I might buy a book. <laughs> but you haven't done it yet. You're close. Well, I've started. I started reading books to my like. I started reading books to my son, and this is why I started thinking about the Harry Potter thing. I'm thinking of like just reading a chapter of Harry Potter to him each night to see if you know that, that's something he might dig, right? Um, and it'll help you. And it'll help me. So you saying you read by reading teleprompter? You you you. I've gotten good at it. I can read teleprompter. What do you think happened to the dyslexia? Well, I still have it, but it's it's a muscle that I. You know, I still find it. I'm not there loving it, yeah. doing it. But it's it's a it's a you know it's like anything. If you work at it a bit more, you get a bit better at sure. it. Sure. It's like it's like I I, I could I could uh, play golf every day. And I'll never be awesome at it. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll get better. But you you seem natural on camera. You didn't. You, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's no problem. And I I try to vaguely know this the whole script all the way through. So that even if even if I go off script or whatever, I sort of know where the jokes is headed and beginning and all. Well, how how much are like how much research are you actually doing in terms of like staying up to speed on shit? Yeah, what do you do well, the show weekly? I, I, yeah, we do the show weekly. I just I just came from there. Now we have eight writers and two researchers, and the. You know, it's it's like sometimes I'll go in on uh, a Wednesday, sort of this is our Monday because the show's recorded on Tuesday, and I'll go on Wednesday and go, so this week I'd like to talk about these two topics. There might be a couple of things that I'm passionate about, and then other times it's just like, we're going to talk about the, the Scott Pruitt leaving the EPA with a blah, blah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I, I'm not, I, yeah, I watch a bit of news, but I mean, I, I have to have people explain it to sure, me. Sure, no, no, I, 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 was in, I was in that situation for, for, for a couple of years when I was a, a radio host at Air America. You know, like you just, uh, you know, it's hard to know all the nuances, but yeah. like once you get it all in your head, how it fucking works, yeah, yeah. it just becomes, you just fill in the, the people. I spoke to Paul Hogan today. You did? That's just why we, yeah, I spoke to Paul Hogan today. How's he doing? I was, well, I, I did it, I spoke to him on a conference call at work. Is he a hero of yours? He kind of is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, like, w w what other Australian co comic giant was, did I have to look up to? What was that guy, Einstein? What was it, remember him? The something? Oh, Yahoo Serious. Yahoo Serious, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about Yahoo Serious the other day, it's funny you should mention it. <laughs> what happened? So what, 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 what happened with Paul Hogan? Well, Paul, we had a sketch where I, I wanted him to play my father in a yeah. sketch. And he, and, and I, I don't think he liked the sketch and he, he might do a different thing with this. And he, and he goes, but he said to us, he goes, I don't know if people will really believe that I'm your father. Yeah. And I'm like, it's a sketch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. You know, do you think people believe you were crocodile Dundee? Yeah, exactly. It's acting. Just do it. Just <laughs> yeah, do it. Yeah. But, but, but it was very exciting to talk to him. I, got, I did get a little starstruck talking to Paul Hogan. I bet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, was he a star in Australia before he was the- Yeah, before those movies. He, he was? was? A big star, yeah. But he what did he star. do? In movies or- It's a fascinating thing. That was his first movie. Crocodile Dundee was yeah. his first movie. What happened was he was a rigger on the Harbour Bridge. So the Harbour Bridge has to be painted constantly. Once you reach the end, you've got to start again. Yeah. And I think there was only four 
blokes and who constantly was painting the Sydney Harbour Bridge. And there was a, and he was in his 30s at this stage. And there was a, a show, New Faces or the Gong Show, or whatever right. the fuck it was. And, uh, and his mates kept on egging him on because he kept on saying he could do better than the people there. He did somewhat what you would call a stand-up sort of performance. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, that went well. And then they, he, I think he came second or something, but they brought him back for another thing. And then the phone lines lit up. Yeah. And then the Australian is, I don't know if they do this, but this is a very strange thing. You have, you know, like we, we don't really have the 24 hour news channels. We, we didn't back in the day. In Australia, yeah. Yeah. And so we just have news is from six, six till seven. Yeah. You get the news, right? Right. It's better time. It's better back then. It's better. It's yeah, all you need. Yeah, yeah. Now they just have the six or seven news played every hour over and over. And again. on so, your phone. Yeah, and yeah. Every, so you, can, you can't get away from it. So, so, but on, on Fridays, in the last four minutes, every Friday, yeah. you know, they would have a sort of cheesy comedian do a rap of the week. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. where it would go, those idiots in parliament what are they up to yeah, you know you get yeah. one of those ones kind of like your show yeah kind of like my show but shorter and more <laughs> succinct right yeah <laughs> and so uh so what paul hogan became that guy he yeah. would be like oh this happened you know right, the right. News, oh the politicians are idiots well, was he doing a character though did he have the hat no and, no he no. just played himself hoags yeah hoags. he'll call him hoags then they give him the paul hogan show and that's the top show and it was just like a sketch show that every week like the benny hill show yeah, or yeah. whatever and then he starts like advertising cigarettes. Yeah. Right. Like, uh, and then cigarette sales in Australia go through the roof. And they, anything, anything they put his face on, he's the biggest marketer. And then what he did was he wrote Crocodile Dundee. And it was, it was fascinating because that whole um, throw another shrimp on the Barbie thing yeah. with Australia, that all comes from a commercial from an Australian tourism ad where that Paul Hogan was like, if you're going to come to Australia, <laughs> you're going to get wet. Because it's an island, and then some hot girl walks by and goes, G'day, Hogs. He goes, Hello. He goes, Hey, make sure you come over here. We'll throw another shrimp on the Barbie. Now, those adverts were played in every, uh, before every movie going. He yeah. did it for free. Yeah. Because he knew his other movie was coming out. Yeah. And then that would be sort of the trailer to the Crocodile Dundee. Everyone right. everyone knew him from that advert. Right. And went, Oh, yeah, that's the guy from the advert. <laughs> so he really had a business going. Yeah. He, he, owns, Australian he, owns, hero. he owns the first two movies, top to bottom. Oh wow! And did, when so, how old is he? He's got to be like what? I think he's late seventies now. Yeah, still yeah. smoking. I feel like he's. Smoking. I don't know if he's still smoking. They did. Well, they did that. They did the tourism commercial for the Super Bowl with Danny McBride, where it was Crocodile Dundee's son. Oh yeah, and all the Australian actors do that. They have him at the end in the outfit. And, oh, uh, they did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, still, well, I'm glad you got to uh, talk to one of I, your heroes. I got to speak to Hogs today. <laughs> how often do you go back? Uh, I went. I go back once or twice a year. That's it. Yeah, I, I went. I went back in January for, um, just we could say me might take my kid back from him up parents to see, and then I, I'm touring Australia in December, just five shows. Yeah, yeah. And you, what are you, what are you, what are you selling out big? Yeah, I actually wait, Australia was the last place for me to sell tickets, but I do like the Rod Laver Tennis Arena, like where they hold the Australian Open. What's that like? What fifteen thousand? Uh, it's like fourteen or something. Fourteen thousand? Yeah, yeah. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. I can do big venues in Australia. Yeah, only recently though. I, up until about four or five years ago, I couldn't get arrested. And how you do in the states? I do all right. Yeah, I do, I do slightly better in Canada. Yeah, than I do in uh, America. But why do, do you think? Um, the, my TV show does better in Canada as well, so I don't know if it's got something to do with that. But I, I don't, I don't know. So they run it on Comedy Central in Canada. Yeah, they have their own Comedy Central in Canada. Yeah, you know, it might be like yeah, I think maybe the slight foreigners take on the states. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. because I I I don't I, that would make sense to me. I yeah, guess. I th- I think that that like, like me teasing America is yeah. something more akin to what. They, but then you go, what's John Oliver and what's Samantha B's Canadian? Yeah, I don't know how they do. Trevor Trevor Noah is South African. I guess it's like it's like this all just like foreign people saying this is what you're doing wrong, America. It's, it's very weird. I think it's a, I think it's smart in a way. Yeah, you know because like there is that distance. Yeah, they they have a little bit of distance. American things that are just shoved down your throat as a child these yeah. things weren't shoved down our throat as children so we can have a little bit more uh, a, a stand back and look at it sure thing. and even just the nature of the presidency and just the structure of the government and the idea of the states and like all of it hmm. I mean it, it's like it's so encultured in us because we live here and you come here and like if there's an issue about the Pledge of Allegiance there's probably, well, what are you talking about whatever it is you have at least a little bit of uh, yeah things like I, I would never for a second get a offended if someone kneeled at the Australian anthem. The, right, right, that kind of stuff. Wouldn't bother me. Right, you know, it's it's incomprehensible yeah. to a degree. Yeah. It's, incompre- it's incomprehensible that, that Ireland just legalized abortion and we're on the verge of making it illegal. Yeah. Ireland. Yeah, yeah. You know, probably the most Catholic fucking country, you know, shy of Rome. Right up until, right up until the 1980s, uh, condoms were contraband in Ireland. They didn't have Playboy until the 90s. Right. And and now, like, they do that, and we're about to go backwards? Yeah, yeah. It's fucking baffling. So where'd you shoot the special? Uh, Hammersmith Apollo in London. Oh, yeah? It's a good room? Uh, It's a great room. It's one of the classics. Springsteen played there. The Beatles did 27 shows in a row in 1964. Wow. How many is that seat, man? Uh, I want to say 4,000. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like... You know, it's just a big rock venue. Yeah, and and it came out great. I I, I think so. I, I I haven't watched it for a while since the beginning of the edit. I look a bit puffy in it because it was at the end of a uh, 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 a one month tour of Britain. Oh, so yeah. little, <laughs> there was little, a few Guinnesses little, that had been through little, me, a little bloated, yeah, a little, <laughs> little sweaty. Yeah, normally, <laughs> normally very special. I like I work out a little bit or eat well for a couple of weeks before. Yeah. This one uh, is, isn't my best looking one. So, at what number is this one? Um, I think seven. Really? Yeah, seven. Seven in ten or eleven years. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's, I look. I, I'm thinking of slowing it down. I've sort of been bringing one out every year or year and a half, and I think now I might have a little rest for a couple of years. I'm just a, really. A, I always watch a lot of television. Me. Yeah. What, what have you been watching? You know, you know what I with TV. Yeah. I I, I don't. I get offended when people um, say they don't like it. Or they say it's stupid, or they oh, call TV it- TV in general, just a broad sort of like, no, nah, no, does go, anyone oh, say that anymore? They call it the idiot box. Oh, right, right. Or, you know does I mean? that still happen? It does a little bit. And like people always, people, you know when you meet braggy people who are like, I don't even own a television. I know, I knew a girl like that, yeah. And they're always telling you. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that was still happening. With the computer, it doesn't really hold as much as yeah, it used to. Yeah, before the computer, right. it was like quite impressive. No, oh, yeah, what right. do you do? I sit and read books. Yeah. I do this. But I always found it condescending. And I never even watched that, t- that much TV. I didn't, like when I was in New York, I didn't have a TV, but it wasn't because I was making a statement. Yeah. It was a, a year just or so there. going around to it. Well, no, it was just, yeah, <laughs> I was out doing comedy every night. I just didn't fucking have a TV. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember having it. I've got, I've got uh, seven. <laughs> I fucking love. I, if there's a room, I'll put a TV on there. What, uh, do, you, what do you watch? Sports? I watch a bit of sport. I watch Dodgers sort of every every day. Yeah, and I, I watch a lot of news, and I I uh, a, f- a few dramas here and there, a lot of sitcoms, 
And uh, my only reality show is RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, that's a good show. I love RuPaul's Drag Race. He's a great guy. He's one of the people that I've actually asked to interview on my show. I keep on putting out an invitation to RuPaul's Drag Race, but hasn't been picked up yet. He won't do it? I don't know if he won't do it. He might just be busy, but the invitation's out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe he'll, maybe he'll come now. Who have you talked to that you really were impressed with lately? Uh, uh, I, I got a little starstruck. Uh, Carol Burnett was one that I really uh, enjoyed. I'd love to talk to her. I haven't talked to her yet. Um, Carol Burnett was cool. Did you do a long one or a short one? We, we edited it down to like seven minutes, but I talked to her for about 50. Oh, yeah? You know what I mean? So she, yeah. she, was, she was very interesting. Like I said, so with the women's equal pay, you know, you were like a lead female of your own show in the 1960s or 70s. Yeah. And, and like, did you feel that, that, that you know, you weren't, uh, you know, uh, treated fairly or equally? And she goes, uh, I, look, let's not really talk about this. She goes, because I, th- she goes, I think I was the highest paid person on TV. So. <laughs> You're talking to the wrong person. Yeah, it's really, it's really the wrong person to go to Carol Burnett, number one TV yeah. show, and then go, hey, do you feel like you were yeah, paid right. well? Yeah, was, yeah, I was actually. I, was doing I did fine. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, good luck. The special's called- uh, uh, what This is, is me now. This is me now. Yeah. And the show's Jim Jeffrey Show. The Jim Jeffrey Show, yeah. Good to see you, man. Thanks for having me. That was Jim Jeffries. The uh, This Is Me Now premieres tomorrow, July 13th. Um, enjoy the uh, button-pushing monster that is Jim Jeffries. So Ray Liotta, he's one of the most memorable actors ever. A lot for Goodfellas, but he's in a lot of, he's in all kinds of copland. I mean, he's done some great, he's always plays, a, he always plays the, the corrupt cop. But, uh, but, you know, he is distinct and he is who he is uniquely and he has a series shades of blue with jennifer lopez it's in its uh, third and final season on nbc new episodes on sunday nights at 10 p.m you can catch up on past seasons on hulu before this series finale if you need to and this is me talking to jersey's own ray liotta <laughs> got in under the wire somehow after 25 years in the business it's horrible isn't it the business it takes forever yeah it took me forever to get started <laughs> it's it is the horrible business it's horrible it's a it's a great way it's a fun way to make a living but it's a horrible business i mean you got to be crazy to do it and then to expect it to work out like you just you, you innately expect it to work out based on nothing well, totally. And then when you go in cold because it's just something that you want to try to do, yeah. I never wanted to do this ever. And it just happened in college that uh, I, I, was, I, I didn't even want to go to college. Yeah. It came time to go to college. My, my dad said, go wherever you... I walked out of my SATs. Yeah. It came time to go to college. Uh, you, you didn't finish I said, it? I don't want to go to college. <laughs> he says, go wherever you want, take whatever you want. Yeah. So I got into the University of Miami. This was 1973. So right. So all you needed was a pulse to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> I get in there, I'm going to take liberal arts because I had no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah. Get to the front of the line. They say I had to take a math and a history. I said, well, forget that. I don't want to take math and history. I looked up, <laughs> was for the drama department. I took a step over. And as I was in line, there was this typical actor story. There was this pretty girl. She said, you're auditioning for the play tonight. And I said, no. Yeah. And then she berated me. What do you mean? That's all it's about. It's all about doing the play, blah, blah, blah. 
So I go up there, get my my classes, and then I go and audition for the for the play. Yeah, and uh, it was for a musical. And now I'm a jock from New Jersey. All I did was play <laughs> soccer, basketball, and baseball. That's right. it. That's yeah. that, that's what my whole life was about. Right. And then you realize, well, I'm not fast enough, tall enough, or or anything enough to to play professionally. That's so a tough hit. It's right. Horrible. Well, yeah. Until junior high school, when you really, you know, then then when you're a senior or in your high school, then you realize, well, it's never gonna happen <laughs> it's good so, you realized it so uh, the first thing was uh auditioning for the play and i got into the play but it was a musical so the first thing you had to do was tell a sad story i told a sad story about a dog of mine that got hit by a car true story true story yeah and then uh then you had to sing yeah so the only i, I was i lived grew up 45 minutes outside of the city in a town called union new jersey union yeah 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 i'm all jersey so well, what'd you sing uh, we saw Pippin. They took me to see Pippin. <laughs> yeah. And there was one song that I remembered, uh, Magic to Do. Yeah. So she went and got the sheet music. There was already a cast album. Yeah. So I'm singing to the cast album and that's it. So the, I got to go the next day to, uh, to do the, to do the audition and I hand the, the, the paper, the, uh, uh, music and stuff to the, to, uh, to the piano player. Yeah. And then I take the music, I take it from him. He yeah. says, what are you doing? I says, what do you mean? What am I doing? I got to sing this. And then, you know, he was a real bitchy piano player, yeah, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I said, I, I don't have this memorized. He said, just do the best you can. <laughs> So I get up there, I start singing this song, and then yeah. all I remember is the refrain, we got magic to do. We got yeah. magic, and that's what I'm just going over. And then they say, you got to dance. Now, I don't know if you remember. Remember Freddie and the Dreamers? Uh, there was a, it was like a, it was a youth group. It was for younger kids uh -huh. in the 60s and yeah. 70s. A little before me. And there was a dance to the Freddie, and the Freddie was just putting your hands and your arms up. Yeah. So I'm doing the Freddie, <laughs> saying, you got magic to do, we got magic to do, and, and believe it or not, I, I get into the play. <laughs> and the first thing I did was I was a dancing waiter in cabaret. Uh -huh. And the first year, all I did were musicals. That's insane. But how terrified were you when you like? Wasn't there fear involved? I mean, I know none. you none, none, none. That's what to sing blew. and dance. No, and I was really, really fragile uh -huh. as as a, a high in high school, and not with sports, but I, I I just was was fearless. I didn't care. I didn't know any of the people. I didn't care what they thought. Yeah. And you know, in high school, you're always caring what people are, are, are saying. Oh, right. So you're, not, you're on a whole new playing field. Uh, no yeah, one knows. there was nobody you're... I knew. What could they say? You so, know? so you grew up all in New Jersey. Yeah. You're born there. Yeah. In Newark? That's what I say. I'm adopted. So the adopted paper said, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it said Newark. Yeah. And then I saw something for some other town, but I'm not sure what happened there. Yeah. Oh, you did the research show? Uh, when I was ready to have a kid, um, my ex thought it would be best since we don't know anything, uh, about what, uh, what was my family history in terms of illnesses and things. So we, at that time, did you just old, assume you were Italian? Uh, I turned out that I'm not, I'm, I'm like, there's a little bit of Italian, but Leota is, is the you, father you, yeah. that, that adopted sure, me and sure. he's my father. Right. But yeah, he was Italian. Yeah. So I was Leota. And yeah. I, I asked, so, so that we found my birth mother just because I, I, there was a, a, at that time, there was a time when on every Oprah show yeah. or any show that they, they wanted to uh, 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 
locate people, right, locate sure. family members, yeah, boyfriends, yeah. girlfriends, whatever. So there was a locator's name at the at the at the end of the show. She called the locator up, said who Your I was, and said I was looking for my my birth mother. Next day, he had her number. Really? Yeah. She gave it. She gave How me the you, number. So you were like in your. In I was forty four, and and you'd never investigated it before. No. But you knew you were no, adopted. No, I know. Yeah, I knew I was adopted. I wore it on my sleeve forever. That you were adopted. Yeah, in what totally. way? Well, just feeling that I was given up. Oh right. So then, when you're meeting a girl, you know, yeah. like within three minutes, I would tell people that I was adopted, and yeah. you know, you know, that was my that was my line, thinking they would feel sorry for me or something. But did you really feel like? Did you feel like you were totally? Oh yeah, all totally. the way through life. And it's all that, yeah, given up because I don't, I I never could understand why why someone would give up. A baby, a chia. And, but, I, I, but your parents were good, right? They were great. Oh yeah, they but, were great. I was, I was the luckiest person alive to get the parents that I have. But and yeah. then you realize, though, once, once, so I went and met met my birth mother. Where did she live? Well, she was at one of their family's houses. Well, one of their her, her daughter, her kids' houses. Yeah, it was on Route Twenty Two in Jersey, in in Plainfield. Yeah, it was right off Twenty Two. There was there was this 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 uh, stone uh, driveway. Yeah, and this two family house, a woods and train track. Yeah. And and I'm there early. I got there fast, and I mean, I got there early, and 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 this this car comes careening around the corner, spitting up the 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 rocks and everything, yeah. and there was a dead deer on top of the car. It turned out that that person was my half brother. <laughs> And it turned out that I have five half sisters, a half brother, and a full sister. Yeah. And I found all this out when I was forty-four years old. Holy fuck! So that's like that's got to be it mind was crazy. Blowing. It was it was totally mind blowing, and and uh, it, it like like in a movie. So we're leaving, right? It was pretty much like like it's typical Jersey thing, like olive loaf pickles, you know, those. at the place. But what, what about the dead deer? What about that guy? He just gets out of the car, and you know, and he, it turned out that that was my my uh, half brother, and his name was Ray. Wow! Did and, but she raised these other kids? Yeah, these were her kids. Did the, you did you see a resemblance right away? Mm, no, maybe just in the eye area. Uh -huh. We had similar eyes. Uh, she raised all the other kids, right? But not you and the full the full sister. And what happened was she took me home from the hospital. Yeah. I said, "Well, who's my father?" She said, "I I I don't remember." What? Well, you can't, all right, you don't remember this. I, I'm here for for information, yeah. and I don't think it's going to be coming because she doesn't remember who the dad was. And then I got a call from my my. Uh, I I told this story once on Letterman, and I got a call from uh from the the the, the spokesman for yeah. them, and 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 she didn't like that I told this story at all. But it's true. The spokesperson it for the family. Well, yeah, she uh. was she was the the talkative one, the the. the the one they turned to. Some of them are shy. One of them was was sick. One of them was in jail. But this was the 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 other siblings, right? Yeah, right. A half sister. So she's the spokesperson, right? She she's telling me all the stories. Like you don't know how lucky you are because when mom flew through a shoe, it it, it could follow you around the uh, around the uh, wall through a door. So she was a, 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 a angry woman. She 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 talked like this because she smoked. So she had this really smoky voice. Yeah. 
And, uh, yeah, they were just telling me stories about her gambling and this, that, and the other thing. And when wow. I left, the first thing I said is, thank God I'm adopted. <laughs> well, that, I went with my best friend since third grade yeah. to this day, my best friend. And he started, we, we stopped at a, at a, in New Jersey, for some reason, they still call it Esso. Yeah. Instead of Exxon. Oh, yeah, we the gas station. We started at the gas station. Yeah. But as we're driving, all of a sudden, this, this, this rain just just torrential rain came almost kind of like if it was in a movie you'd yeah. say it, things were like cleansed yeah. things were being cleansed which it happened and we're sitting there and, that, and that's what he said so so what do you think because we're all shell-shocked from this whole experience how many of the people showed up that first day you go over to meet her the guy with the deer on his car comes but did they all come no no there were i think there were two sisters and then there were the 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 one of the sister's kids oh. and her boyfriend and his boyfriend and or girlfriend and they know you from movies yeah so that must have been weird it was more about that as far as they were concerned and i just wanted to find out more like who who are who who am so i you, like how did this happen so but you're the, at the esso station it's raining it's raining it's pouring and then uh my friend gene says so what so what did you think and I said, I can't, I'm, I'm so happy that I was adopted. <laughs> and he starts bawling. I mean, crying because he had just adopted two kids, yeah. two different families. Uh, it just happened at once for him. And yeah. he was just so happy to hear that because he didn't know how his kids are going to react. You don't know how the kid's going to react to you as a parent when you adopt a kid. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. And and nine times out of ten, people put kids up for adoption for the betterment of the kid. Right. Uh, but, you know, it took me a while to, to learn that. But by the time that I went and did this, I had pretty much stopped using it as the sob story and just realized this is what happened and that's all there is to it. My brother's got three adopted kids. I have no idea what's going to happen. They're all from different families. And the oldest one's like 17 or 18. They all know they're adopted. He knows who the... But his, in his case, he knows who... The who the people, yeah. Who yeah. The, yeah. I See, guess that's more... It happens more now. That's what happened. Yeah, exactly. Back then, I was with, I was adopted through Catholic Charities. But, the, but, but what really messed me up was the fact that she took me home. The, my birth mother took me home for three months. Yeah. So I'm bonding, right. getting, being fed sure. by, by my birth mother... And then all of a sudden, just like taken away and and put in an orphanage, and I, I have to, I can't imagine it not affecting me somewhere deep down, or maybe not so deep down that yeah. that I was just taken away oh, from yeah. from my mother the, and the, my the primal union, yep. the bond. Right. Do you have kids? No. Oh, no, I, I never did it. I uh, I. I uh, I, I always wanted to do it because of that, to, yeah. to start a family tree. Not, when, not in an ego way, just to have my own blood. Right. But what you, what'd you find out about the father? Nothing. Never did? Nothing. She, did you, she claimed that she didn't remember who it was. And then the the, the full sister yeah. called me. So okay. she said, I think I, I think I know who our birth father yeah. is. She, she called the house. She explained that, you know... Uh, the situation that that, that that Ruth, I don't even remember her last name, what was our mother. Yeah. We think that your father uh, had two kids out yeah. of wedlock. And the guy just didn't want to hear it. Just just said, get out of here. Don't ever call here again. You're the, crazy. The that father. never happened. Right. The, the, no, that was the son of the okay. father. The okay. father had passed away. Uh, 
Oh, uh, so so like that's why your your mother was probably real mother was probably protecting the guy because he was married. No, 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 no. She no? was she was no. She was used by the guy. Yeah. He was he was the neighborhood kid. Oh. Like she was um, a mark. She went with uh he went with her. He goes off to the Korean War. He comes back does it again yeah. and then uh, it just disappears and uh, she's left with 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 two kids and then the rest come later then the rest come after because then the 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 birth mother my birth mother Ruth she then had the crew of right five right one. right so now that you got so you have two kids no one one, one. kid and when did you have how old were you when you had the kid 44 wow and was it amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it was. I, I really, really, really wanted to have a kid. I, and I love being a dad. Yeah, it's just a shame that I did it so late, and that I didn't find someone else after I got divorced to have another one. But I'm just grateful that I have uh, that I got one kid now because I love being a dad. It's That's great. great. Yeah. That's great. Kids, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's cool. So okay, so your your the your the parents you grew up with, your adoptive parents, like what what did they do? Do they have you have a sister or brother with that family? Yeah, I have I have a sister. Yeah, uh, who was adopted. I think I, I remember my parents led me to believe that I I I picked her out, but I I still have an image. It's either that or it's from a picture of of holding. Yeah, uh, she was three. I was three years older, and we had just gotten her, and I think she was just weeks old when uh -huh. when my parents got got my sister Lynn and holding her and feeling so proud because they made me think that I picked out my sister that I picked her out <laughs> yeah and, uh, it was it was and then everything was just normal and then we just fought like cats and dogs like most brothers and sisters and did she ever go find her birth parents no, she had no desire total opposite of me she yeah. couldn't care less down the floor couldn't care less ah she's like what's the point yeah, didn't yeah. didn't bother her, didn't affect her. Just but it haunted accepted you. Accepted it. It, it. It. Yeah. It. It. it uh, haunted's a little strong, but I was kind of. I, I couldn't un understand how someone can give up a baby. I just couldn't wrap my head around that when I was younger. Yeah. And what was your old man's game again? What was his it, uh, My dad had a chain of automotive stores called Rocket Auto. Uh -huh. And it was like the Pep Boys. It was yeah. exactly like the Pep Boys, but he kept he had five stores. He didn't expand on and on and on uh -huh. like the Pep Boys. Yeah. Did. And he had one in Jersey City on yeah. Garfield Avenue and then one in Bayonne on Grand Avenue right around from the hospital. They're still there. They're gone. Another gone, I'm sure. Although I was, I was filming Copland, and I, I, I took a walk. We were on a break, and yeah. I, it turns out that the house that we were filming at, I, I walked to the to the to the back of the house and looked over, and there was my dad's store. It was still there, and and it flipped me out because this is years and years since he let the store go. Yeah, ten, fifteen years uh, when he had it. Right. Uh, still the same name. No, different name. Uh, no, yeah, it was an automotive store, but uh, right. it, it wasn't. It wasn't his. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So, all right. So, the two of you are growing up, and you and your mom worked too. Yeah. First, you know, first she was a stay-at-home mom, yeah. and then she was very involved in the PTA, and then she started uh, when we were went into junior high school. Uh, she ran the store in Jersey City. Uh, and then my dad watched the store in Bayonne. So you grew up in car parts? 
<laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah I, I hate the smell of tires to this day. Oh, really? yeah, because you go in and that's you know that's what the, <laughs> it smells like. But it's like those stores are so amazing because you usually have like one or two guys working just aisles of pieces of things and boxes. The right? yeah, and then you had to look it up. Like yeah. somebody would come in with with yeah. a carburetor for a '68 Pontiac, yeah. and then you'd have to look it up. Yeah. And I hated it. I hated everything about it. You the worked best there thing though. About it, yeah. On weekends, they made me work there. <laughs> and little did I know that my dad was kind of hoping that I would take over the his store. Right. And there was just no way I would. I I thought I was going to work construction or something for the rest of my life. Right. But then the the drama thing started, and the only thing reason why it started is cause after we did the musical was there was an acting teacher his name was robert buckets lowry and he was a guy's guy he he directed like a like a coach like he was on his haunches and he had these blue glasses and yeah. his hat was on backwards and he had this gravelly kind of thing and uh you identify with that yeah guy. it was and he you know i wasn't somebody who was doing drama my whole life i didn't well, do it at but all in high school what did you do you just played you, Sports. Had, you had no interest though no interest in, in none, drama none we we took a me and my friend gene we took a you're allowed an elective your senior year of high school yeah and we took drama because we thought it would just be easy right and all we did was children's theater and things right. like that yeah uh, but was that not, fun? not ever wanting to, yeah, it was like, whatever, you know, like <laughs> two little silly things for the little kids, kids yeah. and, and that was it. Yeah. And then my senior year of high school, I got into a fight with the basketball coach yeah. and I quit. And the drama teacher asked me if I wanted to audition for the play. Right. I says, what do you mean audition for the play? You have already had auditions and everything. Yeah. And he said, no, don't worry about it. And I got the second lead of 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 a neil simon play sunday in new york uh-huh and i hated it i hated everything <laughs> about it the memorizing the lines yeah. the, the the even getting up there and doing it yeah. I, I and i'm sure i wasn't special in the least yeah but it was because of of, of that class that made me want to take drama and it's only because who knows what would have one well, no, yeah. have taken science or anything else i don't know what i would have done so you just were aimless and you would because exactly I, I had the same thing. I didn't want to go to college either, but my parents were like, "Just go, just go somewhere." So this guy, so you get there, you do the musical, and what's the guy's name? Robert Lowry. Yeah. Buckets. Buckets Lowry. Now he's the drama. He's the head he of the department. He was the acting coach. No, no, no. There's another guy who was the head of the department, but he was the acting coach. Right? Buckets, and they called him Buckets because he played basketball. Put it in the bucket. He uh-huh. was a and he was a trumpet player. Uh huh. And. Like I said, he was a guy's guy, and he wasn't used to a guy's guy as coming out of high school. Yeah. Usually the people, you know, the kids who are, are doing it, they have a certain way about them uh, it's a, when, when they come out. They're like uh, a club. They're like, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, and they're just different. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, the, the theater kids. Yeah. Yeah, and you're not a theater kid. No. And you're you're a jock, and you've got an edge to you. And chip on your shoulder, probably. Yeah, I guess it was the, yeah, sort of. <laughs> but he, he, and then the next year, that's my sophomore, I came back, I said, let me try it in another year. The first year, all I did were musicals, Oklahoma, Dames at Sea. Uh, and you're singing. Uh, that's all I was doing, singing and dancing. Yeah. And I didn't know anything about anything with it, but for some reason... I just kept it didn't it didn't dissuade me from doing it. I just I just Well did you enjoy it? 
Yeah, I must have. I stayed with it. But I, what I really liked was the <laughs> acting class with, with buckets. Yeah. And but you're singing and dancing. You must have. I mean, you can't remember if you really liked it. I mean, do you, I mean, well, maybe it's well, not there your is, bag. There is, there is kind of a joy, I guess, in doing it. Just the, <laughs> the uh, well, all I could say is I didn't quit. I'm not sure that I love doing it, but I love doing the acting class, I get the, it. The, the, the scenes that you had in class right. because of buckets. So you said, I'll do these if I can do that. Well, kind of, yeah. yeah right. Yeah. And then doing the plays where it was, it was, it was fun, you know, one, two, three, kick. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like an idiot. Yeah, but, but I didn't care. I really didn't give a shit. It's I I like I can I like watching musicals. I get very moved by people moving and singing. <laughs> Do you ever watch musicals? Yeah, yeah. It's it's great. Totally. When I'm in New York, I I always catch it. Like I saw Hamilton like 3 times. It's great. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So all right, so so now you're in the drama department. Right. That, that's where you're that's you you're you're that's what you're studying yes right? i decided to go back for a second year yeah. and that year i got all all the leads of 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 the plays that they had and like what uh streetcar named desire there was a new play you play that kowalski came in. huh you played yeah Stanley? yeah, yeah. Uh, we did West Side Story. Oh, where yeah. I, I didn't play Tony. I played Riff. Uh-huh. Taming of the Shrew. I was Petruchio. So I was getting like the leads in in, in the plays, and and I would get you know nice praises like anything. When if was the last time you did you, uh, huh? Shakespeare? What, what? When was the last time you did Shakespeare? <laughs> then. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was just, Once was, was enough. Was it hard? Yeah, I, I was too dumb to know better. I just right. learned the lines and 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 that play in particular. You know, that's a not a boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever. They're they're, they're going for each other, and and it's just they're back and forth making you, fun of each other and calling each other names. You so understood I that much? Yeah, 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 I can yeah. relate to that. <laughs> yeah. So okay, so you do all those plays, and now you're you're loving it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just I stayed for the four years, and then graduated, and there was an auditioning class. Well, what was it like? What was it that he learned from him, though? Like you know, I mean, you're very compelled by this guy, and you get, and obviously he bonded with you too. You know, what was some of the stuff you learned from him that you still use today? Just the com- the commitment of playing pretend. And just, and just see, most acting is taught by you can't do it, so we're going to show you how to do it. And right. He, he, he was very Stanislavski heavy. Uh-huh. And and I, I had since found a teacher out here in L.A., Harry Master George, who, who to me was, is the best ever. And yeah. he really capitalized. It's just, you know, you're playing a, a kid's game. All you're doing is playing Cowboys and Indians. Yeah. Boom. That's it. Yeah. And, and that's why I always get kind of like annoyed or, or when, when people think they're special because they act. Yeah. They're, they're playing pretend for a living. That's yeah, it. Like, get off your high horse. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like on some level, you realize that a lot of guys, a lot of people get into the acting gig because it's it's like if you've got a knack for it, it's, you know, it's, it's a hell of a way to make a living. That's you, a great you, way you, to make a living. You count your blessings every day. Totally. It's just the business that sucks. <laughs> right. So, all right. So you do all the plays. You graduate. I graduate. And we had an auditioning class where we got. Uh, eight by tens and and a resume and the resume all you're doing is putting down the the plays that in you Florida did. And, and yeah yeah the University of Miami, uh and 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 we got our resume together yeah 
and I went to stay with this girl, Lenora, Lenora May, who had who was uh, already a couple years in into New York, and she was uh, she was going to sign her contract at Fifi Osgard, and that was the name of the. Uh, the agent back there uh, at the at in that New York? time, yeah, and she went to sign a contract because she just got Jaws too. And while I was with her, the it was uh, like we went up there like six, seven o'clock. The guy, a guy, an agent came up to me and said, "Hey, you want to you want to do a commercial?" And I said, well, "Yeah, sure." And he sent me on this uh, on this go to. And the guy said, yeah, fine, you'll do. And what I did was they took still pictures of me and this girl. Yeah. And it was for Love Songs of the 50s. Or, and all, like, you know, they, they oh, have one of those, those like K-Tell records. Sure, sure, sure. And they, they scroll that was, by you. That was they, the first <laughs> thing I got. But like, within a month, I was screen testing in out here because uh, I had moved to New York uh, out here for Beatles Forever. It was a Robert Zemeckis movie. and But I didn't get that. And then a few months after, so then I was bartending at at the Schubert organization, right? For the, so, for the theater so, chain, yeah, at the, right? Exactly. Where so in New York? Watching, yeah, I was watching uh, watching plays, and 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 you know working at the bar or or or, or coat check or whatever. Just like which theater though? Which oh, one was oh, it? I don't know. The, the different ones. My, my, oh, really? My yeah. first one was I Love My Wife, but I don't remember which theater it right. was at. It was. We worked at many of them. Yeah, and uh, a lot of them. Yeah, uh, how'd you get that gig? Everybody from college seemed to, uh, had an in there. Oh, so they're all, I guess we're always looking for for uh, actors for people. So yeah. not so much actors, just somebody who could be there. But it was great because you could audition at the at the same time and, and watch then, plays, right? And, and watch plays, and then after that, within within six months, I auditioned for a soap opera, and I just did it just just. Because uh, I just figure experience. Well, I got it. And I said, <laughs> yeah. "Oh no, there's no, no way I'm going to do a soap opera." <laughs> because soap opera. then it, well, I'm in the seventies. It's in the seventies while I'm at college, and I'm first getting into this acting stuff. And the plays back, the movies back then were just unbelievable. Right. The, uh, Scorsese was uh, all. They're all like you know, yeah. Coppola. All these guys are doing their thing, and. So that's so I said no, I don't want to do a soap opera. But my dad, being a depression baby, said, yeah. "Look, it's money. It's money in your hand, and and two, you've never worked in front of a camera before. Might as well learn, a, right? Yeah, it's a perfect time to learn. Why are you living in the city? You living with them? In in the city. Yeah, I we're... lived in the city with 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 two uh, three other people uh, that graduated. What that part year. of the city? Ninety uh, second West End, the Ruxton. Oh yeah, where Char Charles Grodin used to live. Did he? Yeah, or probably still does. I when, don't know. <laughs> when you were there, you used to see him. No, I never saw him, but I, I, I heard later on that he's, he's or through the through the grapevine that he was a tenant in the building. That's funny. He's a funny guy. Yeah. So you took the gig. Yeah, and I did the soap for three and a half years. No kidding. And what was your guy? What was, was your character? Uh, my character was Joey Perini, the nicest guy in the world. I had it was a blue collar guy. Uh, my my mother Rose. I took care of my mother Rose, yeah. and I had a sister Angie, and 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 I proposed to my girlfriend Eileen. I, I gave her a St. Christopher's medal when she was in the hospital. She ends up dying in the hospital. I go to where where I proposed to her. It was during the winter. I slip, I fall. I end up in the hospital. There's yeah. a nurse taking care of me. I fall in love with the nurse who's taking care of me, and I eventually marry her. We're married for for months, and I find out she's the richest woman in America. Well, oh. she lied to me, yeah. so I got an annulment. 
that's what this character was. He was like this nicest guy in the world. And then later I said, well, wait a minute. I love her. So, so. And then I decided that I, it was time to move to New York. Yeah. And the only reason why I stayed the half year is because there was a writer's strike. But the only people that weren't affected was after. Uh-huh. And uh, we, we went off to skiing in Switzerland. Who? You and the, me, and the, and, me and, and the nurse. Who, yeah. In, yeah. The, in the show. In the show. So wait, how many episodes is that? Like, we on a bunch of three them? Three and a half. I mean, three, three and a half, half years. years. Like, it's like lots. <laughs> <laughs> lots and lots. We were the first. This this show was an hour and a half. The first show to go an hour and a half. Yeah. And it was right in the middle of, of, of big storylines for me. So I was learning 30, 40 pages a night. It's another world. Another world. Wow. So, so, what, so you learned how to memorize? Yeah, you learn how to memorize, yeah. And you learn how to be on camera. And on camera. And what was great about it is the producer, Paul Roush, when he needed a part, he would go to Broadway houses and watch plays. Yeah. And if there were if an actor was right, he'd go backstage and say, Look, if you if you want to uh 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 if you want to do the, you know, make some money, yeah. come and do the soap opera. I'll get you out whatever time you want to get be out by, so you can get prepare for your your performance that night. Yeah. And he took and and these people would say yeah. So I was working with these great actors. Yeah, and, yeah. And and it was and this this one woman is probably the best actress I've ever worked with. This woman, Kathleen Widows. She yeah. was great. She played my mother. Yeah. And she just made it. Uh, she just had a real ease about it. And, yeah. and they all did. Yeah. Because they yeah. didn't take it too seriously because it was a soap they were doing their whatever at night yeah so they were just having fun and you know talking about whose illness and who's this and who's going with who and yeah. typical soap opera stuff like the soap opera behind the soap opera exactly <laughs> so that, exactly so that was sort of your baptism in the business and like a, a hell of a way to train yeah, for a few no, years totally in, in terms of listening totally. being with people being with actors doing the thing no acting like a nice guy no, acting like a nice guy totally <laughs> no question yeah but yeah, and this was in the late 70s. Yeah. Uh, and I left to move out here in 81. So you go to, you're going to Studio 54. You're doing this. You're doing that. Oh, yeah. You remember crazy, that stuff? Crazy, crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I can't imagine. Uh, uh, yeah. There was a guy, the doorman, and he would never, ever let me in. At Studio but 54? If, yeah. But if Steve Rubell, one of the owners, if he saw me, he would always let me in. Cut to maybe 10, 15 years later, the doorman, I see him in Century City, and he comes up to me and he says, you know what, I want to, let me ask you, I want to ask you some questions about, uh, about being an actor and everything, you know, and, and I remembered him as the doorman and he never let me in, and I went fucking nuts on him. You did? I went nuts. Because it was so humiliating to be in line, yeah. waiting to get into Studio 54 on a Monday or a Tuesday night, never yeah. mind a weekend, and, yeah. and just him poo-pooing me that I never forgot it. it was yeah, just, of course. It's humiliating and, and, over and over again. Oh, yeah. drove it's, me nuts. So wait, he just came up to you out of nowhere? Just came up. Just came up. I was coming After out you're of already someplace. successful. And he, he yeah, knows yeah. I was doing could, stuff already. Yeah. yeah. And and, <laughs> and I said, you never let me in. You were the doorman and you never, well, no, I was just doing my job. I yeah. said, no, I just kept going and going and going at him. I, I, just, I just held on to it for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> did, did it feel better to get it off your chest? It certainly did. <laughs> It certainly did. And then did you help him? No! <laughs> <laughs> Done. Over. Next. <laughs>
<laughs> so I can't like I can't imagine what the hell New York was like because that was the craziest time. I mean, uh, the late seventies, early eighties, like before AIDS like what uh, became a thing. You know, like it was just <laughs> you said before AIDS came, became a thing. Yeah, yeah. Never mind that. Forty Second Street wasn't Disneyland. It, it was, was all porn crazy. houses, live sex shows. That was the first place I ever got recognized in in was Times Square. Oh, in the live sex show. Okay, so I'm going. To, I'm going to. Uh, yeah. I'm going to the porn authorities yeah. right there okay yeah. lovely wait, place wait for my bus to go where to you, jersey yeah 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 yeah, yeah. to go and so and there was a place so you put the quarter in the thing comes up yeah. and There's you people, see naked girls dancing yeah. i'm 21 years old yeah. so that's like a big deal for yeah. me uh the thing closes i p put it in again it opens up and this one of the dancers <laughs> she uh she she looks over at yeah. me and and the thing closes as it's closing. She says, "No, open it up again. I'll put another quarter in." Yeah. So I said, oh, "All right." So I put another quarter up, and and then she she it went down again, and she said, "No, no, 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 let it up again. Put it yeah. up again." Yeah. And then she calls a friend over when it comes up, and she comes up and she says, "Look, isn't that?" And she said, "Yeah." And they both yell at my name at the same time, and it was every businessman in New York. There, it's all suits with attaché cases, yeah. and she goes, "Joey Perini," and. She she starts asking me questions uh, about what's going to happen on the show, and the guy and the guy who's in charge is telling them it's totally naked now. These yeah, girls, yeah. and they say, "Okay, keep dancing, girls, keep dancing, yeah. keep moving. You always got to keep moving." And they're asking me questions about storyline, <laughs> and that was one of the first times I said, "Oh my gosh, my life will never be the same." Oh, that's hilarious! <laughs> Those weird, dirty places. <laughs> oh my god! So you do another world, and what you, what makes you decide? To move out here because I always wanted to do be in movies. Move, sure, that, right. that was that was the thing. And they I, weren't casting movies out of New York. They were, but I wasn't getting any. Oh. so they said you know. And at that time, New York was down on its luck, and I went the to the city. Uh, was yeah, the city totally. Yeah. So I went to uh, so I moved out to L.A. and what year is that? This is nineteen eighty one. Yeah. A friend of mine, I, I stayed at, at his house. Yeah. Uh, he was married to Melanie Griffith at the time, and they took my place in New York. I, t I, I was in, uh, I was now out here. You had, a, oh, so you had a place that you could switch with him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you weren't yeah. living with people? No, it was just me by myself. You it, was, it, was, it was on Big Rock Road in Malibu. I couldn't be further away, and I didn't know Anybody but the place in New here. York was oh by the time you did the soap you got your own place yeah oh, yeah yeah, yeah. Right. The, the the third place that I the yeah. second place I lived in was on 85th between Columbus and Amsterdam and then the last place was on 72nd and Columbus right down the street from uh, uh, the Dakota oh yeah were you there when you got shot I, the, so we're just I come home that night. And there's a bunch of people outside, and I might where I parked my car was in the in the parking garage right next to the Dakota. Yeah. And I come out, and I remember it was freezing outside, and they're all singing "All We Are Saying." Yeah. And they're singing it and singing. I says, "What happened?" They said, "John Lennon just got assassinated," and here I was, like I walked I walked into it, you know, just wanted to park my car. And here were all these people with yeah. candles, and it was it was intense. Oh man, it was a horrible day. So, yeah. oh, so did you own that apartment? No, you just no, rented. It was rented. So yeah. you, so you went out to Malibu, and they came and used your place in right, New York. 
Right. And you're just out there. Right. And then, <laughs> and then they, but he turned me on to the Harry, the, the best acting teacher that I think that's ever lived. What's his last name? Harry Mastro George. So huh. I went and started studying with him twice a week, six hours a night, because, you know, as six he hours used to a say, night. yeah, man, I was dedicated. Yeah. I was, by the time I graduated, uh, college yeah. i said i'm i'm making it and it's like what we were saying before you come out here and you don't really know yeah what's gonna happen yeah. but the one thing you don't think is gonna happen is that it's not gonna happen right you're just too stupid to think that it's not you know to right. realize all, all the odds that are against you yeah but at least you you know you had some experience and you probably had an agent right yeah, 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 yeah. I got yeah. an agent in so New York, you were, you and they had a sister agent. At least you had some sense of the business. You totally. weren't coming out here going like, where, totally. where do I start? But nothing happened. Nothing but happened. But you took I these great classes. Starts. I was, yeah, but, but work-wise, I didn't do my first movie until I was 30 years old. And at that time, or even now, that's really late. And the only reason why I got it is because of Melanie Griffith. Yeah. Because she was already cast in the movie. And I went home, I was dejected, I was 30 years old, I went home to, to Jersey, and my parents were heavily involved into local politics. Yeah. They said, call her up and ask her if, if she can get you an audition. I oh, said, Melanie? Yeah. And I said, there's no way I'm going to call her. I just thought that wasn't the way you do it. And, but I was so despondent, and I just said, all right, I will. And, yeah. and I said, Melanie, I know you're doing this movie, Something Wild. It's actually the guys in that acting class that, that, that said, you know, you're really right for this part. Have you gone up the for it? The psycho boyfriend? Said, no. The psycho ex-boyfriend, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, she said, yeah. I, she, so Jonathan said that she could have a say in who played her husband because she had a bad experience with, with somebody that she worked with oh, before. Oh, it was the husband, right. So so he called, so so she called him up and he says, Melanie, please, I got it, it's been taking me so long to find this yeah. guy. I got it narrowed down to three people. I, I, I can't see anybody. And she said, Jonathan, you promised me yeah. that, that, that I was going to be able to, to, to help pick and, and have say in who's going to play my husband. Yeah. I want you to see Ray. I think she just wanted to use that that chip, that yeah. card, as, as, than believing that I could do it. But in any case, I went, and and then there's a story. Monday, I, 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 I meet him. Okay, Tuesday, I get a call. Come in and read with an actress. Yeah. Come in and read with the actress. Thursday, I get a call. Come in and read with Jeff Daniels. Yeah. I'm saying, oh, my God, this is great. I'm not going to be told no by a casting agent. I'm, yeah. uh, you know, Now, they're, if, if they don't want me, they, I'm just not right for the part, or right. my acting chops wasn't right. Yeah. That night, I'm watching Johnny Carson. Jeff comes on. He's talking about Woody. He's yeah. talking about Jack. He had just done the Purple Rose of Cairo right. for Woody Allen. He's yeah. talking about Jack Nicholson for... for in terms of the deer yeah. he was in both those movies right then. I hit the floor doing push-ups I'm looking at, at the script because I have to read with him the next day yeah and and I just I just I just was ready. I yeah. just was ready. I did my homework and, yeah. and that you know, I'm a wound up crazy bastard in yeah. that. Yeah. And uh uh luckily when when he said action, that's what came out. Wow. That's great. Yeah. And you were like and you know, you were at the end of your rope too. Totally. As a matter of fact, it was almost to the day. Yeah. Because my dad, being a depression baby, he yeah. handled my money, all the money that I made from the soap. I uh -huh. just gave it to him. Yeah. And for, I was living off that money for five years, but yeah. I lived in a struggling actor's box on Beechwood Avenue, five blocks up from Fountain. Is that Fountain there or- Franklin. Or Franklin. Yeah. And, and it was, I mean, it was brown shag carpeting with dirty curtains yeah. and- and 
I know right where that it is. Was, it was it was horrible. So you were about to run out? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, I had to get a regular job, and I couldn't even the imagine. The old man told you that? I didn't, yeah. He said, like, it's, you know, it's down to it. And I remember I was with my, my sister and her then husband, and and we were at Alice's Restaurant, you know, at the, the pier out yeah. in Malibu. Yeah. And... Uh, I th- I think I was supposed to call call them in and like like no cell phones or anything. So I was supposed to call in, and and, and find out what happened. Yeah. And uh, they said that Jonathan wanted to talk to me. Yeah. And and he called me up and said, Ray, would you like to be Ray? Yeah. And that's like, wow, <laughs> I got it. Yeah. I did, and I cried like a baby. Yeah. Because the pressure of five years of not knowing that you're going to get what whatever it is that you want. That you're working for. Well, how did you end up starting with, with stand-up? Oh, I, with, when I was in college, I just always wanted to do it as a kid, and I couldn't figure out how to do it. And then, uh, you know, when I graduated college, I moved out here. I was a doorman at the comedy store. I got all fucked up on drugs, went back to Boston, and, you know, started doing open mics. Once I figured out, you know... At back then, it was like you go do open mics. So I just kept doing them, and I kept doing them. And I, and like in my mind, though, there was nothing else to do. Nothing. There was no other thing. But you decided in high school that you wanted to do stand-up? I, I, I think I decided in college. I went to college. I did a lot of other stuff. I acted. I wrote. I liberal arts and whatever. But Where'd when you go? I, BU. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, but when I graduated, I'm like, I'm going to LA. I want to be stand-up comic. I thought always, since I was a little kid, I wanted to do it. But it's hard to figure out what you do. But like looking back on it, I don't know, over the years, how the fuck I stayed in it. You know, because you just, you know, you, you just keep building your time. You keep yeah. going up there getting beat up until you got an act. And then you get, you know, get someone to book the act. And then, you know, you keep going. Right. But the thing was is that, you know, people ask you about the career. It's like, if you do this shit, you know, most of the time you don't have a plan B. It's not like, you, you know, there's no other thing. No. So, you know, you it's in your brain. It's like, there's no choices. Right. Right? right, and you figure, look, look, uh, you watch people doing it. And you're saying, I know I could do at least as good as this guy, and he's <laughs> yeah. making a living. Yeah, yeah, I was driven that by that stuff. Kicks yeah. in. Oh yeah, man. Now, my first, uh, I'd say, the first decade of my life was driven by spite. You know, just, <laughs> totally, yeah. it's it's the best motivator. <laughs> Calling my manager. How the fuck did that guy get that? Exactly, thing? <laughs> exactly. No question about yeah. it. Yeah. So but, I still do that. I'm still like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You must have a tolerant agent. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I I call a lot. You play guitar? I do. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, you? I I did in sixth grade. Yeah, and 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 I think I think uh, I played at a dance once. We yeah. had one song. Yeah, but I would sing upstairs, and and I had a decent voice from what I hear. And my mother said, "Oh, I love when you play," and that yeah. shut me right down. And that, never did it again. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was something I held on to. I did it when I was a kid, and I just I always did it, you know, by myself. And it's like a meditation. Yeah, you know, I, I I got better. I keep getting better, so I keep playing. Every day you play. I pick it up, you know, like uh, if I'm in town, like I, I don't compulsively practice, but I'll put on some records, play jam with them. I start oh, really? Pl- yeah. I start playing with some people sometimes. I, ke- I keep trying to get better. That's all. You know, it's a hobby though. Right. You know, like right. I, like that. that's the one thing I used to do a joke about it, how like I, I never tried to be a professional musician, so my, my guitar isn't haunted by failure. I don't- <laughs> Is that why it looks so clean? Yeah. It's not haunted. Like it just, it doesn't represent something that didn't happen for me. You know, it's just something I enjoy doing. 
So wait, so let me just ask you about the about about Harry again, the acting teacher. Uh-huh. What was his last name again? Mastro George. Now was that like a was that a, a scene study class? Was it a lot of people in there? Because you were with him for what four or five years before you got the part, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And after I did my first move, something wild went back to class. Dominic Eugene back to class. Field of Dreams back to class. Uh, Goodfellas back to class. Uh, really? I, yeah, I just kept going because he just said that you know the imagination is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. And I bought into everything he said because it, it totally made sense to me. What was the other things? Uh, just that it's a child's game. Oh, that was. Yeah. You, you just played uh, uh, with a child's rules, but not at an adult level. Right. And it, it was as simple as that. And then, then the things that could throw you off were the things about you're worried about presentation. Yeah. You're saying somebody else's words. You're yeah. saying things on cue. Yeah. And that could be, you know, that could throw you off. Right. If you just stick to the plan, you know, pretend. Yeah. Uh, you can't go wrong in sticking with the story. It was right. really simple stuff. It wasn't like some crazy thing. But he was—he came from the platform of you. Anybody can do it. it it's just uh, you know, and right. if you just play the simple game of right. pretend. Oh, really? Where most acting teachers are saying you can't do it, so I'm going to give you the methodology of how you can do it. Yeah, but I think that the thing that really separates actors is I think some people. You know, you can work and work and work. Who the hell knows why anyone's going to break? There's some people that have different talents for it or innately have it. But yeah, you can function as an actor. But, you know, you somehow, I think you're uh, uh, authentically yourself. Right. You know, always some part of that's going to come through. Totally. You know, you don't... (laughs) You know, it's not like you, you see a part that you play, go like, who is that guy? Right, you know? or like, you're like, all of a sudden, you're not going to get to the point of, yeah, there's a camera there. You're yeah. going to know there's a camera there, right. but you just ignore it and do what you have to do. You sure, don't, you right, don't forget, yeah. Like, not everybody can do that. It's a weird thing that once the camera's there, you know, it's a, it is a unique skill. All you got to do is watch porn, and you realize, like, <laughs> you know, not everybody can do this. You know, they're just, <laughs> they can fuck on camera, but they're not doing the other thing right. It's a weird thing. So, okay, so you do something something wild, and Demi directs you, and that's yeah. early on. It's like his first movie, isn't it? Yeah. What was he like then? He was great. He was great, one, because he gave me the part, and yeah. two, you know, he started. He said, all right, let's make some movie history here. Yeah. He was really, really into it, and there's nothing more. Scorsese had the same thing. There's nothing more exciting than working with somebody who is really excited about playing pretend. Yeah. It, 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 it's <laughs> yeah, it's right. very contagious and right. really makes you want to do it and, and do it for them. But you know, you know that, it, that, it's, that it's pretend. You don't have to live there. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Well, no, at first you did. Well, I, at first I did. I, I, I was a little too methody because I, I didn't trust myself enough. Oh, yeah? So, not that I went out beating up people, but I, I kind of kept it always in my head, always ruminating up up in my head what I'm, what I'm doing. The emotions of the character? The next day, and it's exhausting doing it that I, way. I, I guess it would be. You show up exhausted, I can't work because I've been too busy being the guy <laughs> well, no, when I was it. sleeping. You do it because yeah. the, the adrenaline kicks in, but... But then, like, yeah. I can't imagine, like, I, like it's interesting about, for me, about Goodfellas, you know, is that it's one of those movies where, like, especially with Italian movies, especially with Scorsese, I can't, like, your whole life you got guys coming up to you, right? Now, to this day? Sure. Yeah. Like, that's it. I have kids coming up to me. Right. Because what happens is fathers turn their sons on to, to the movie. it. But sometimes it's like, you can tell the kid's only 12 or 13 years old, and right. he comes up and says, I loved you in Goodfellas. And I'm saying, what kind of parents do you have? 
<laughs> you're really too young to be watching it. But because everybody's got their head in these things, they could look up anything <laughs> they want anyhow. Yeah. So the kids now are much more sophisticated than we were as kids just because they could Google whatever they, the fuck they want. They can do whatever they want without anyone knowing it. Yep. There's no way to control them because yep. the, most adults don't understand what the hell they're doing yep. or how they can get things. Yep. But I mean, that part, like that was your like the, what, your fourth movie. Yeah. And there's a huge part. It was a huge lead. How What was the auditioning process for that? I didn't audition at all. I just kept talking to Marty. I oh, was really? The first person. It took about a year to get. Uh, the free, I was the first person from what I hear yeah. that he met. And then months go by. Yeah. Uh, Dominic and Eugene is at the Venice Film Festival. Yeah. He was there with La Last Temptation of Christ. Right. I took my dad with me to Venice uh, f for the experience. Uh -huh. uh, and we're, we're standing on the second level of the Excelsior Hotel. And yeah. there's this crowd of people mo moving as, as one. Yeah. And from my vantage point on the second floor in the middle of it, I saw Marty. Yeah. So I said I hadn't seen him in like months. So I, I just wanted to put my, 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 my face in front of him yeah. before he remembered right. me. So I came running down. I come like, Marty, Marty. And the, he had bodyguards all around him yeah. because he was getting death threats because of Last Temptation. And oh. Controversy oh, right. of what that movie was, and they pushed me away, and I said, "No, no, 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 no! I just want to say hi to Marty. I just want to say <laughs> yeah. hi." And that's what you're not that, Travis that's, Bickle. That's what. Well, <laughs> that's what. That's he. That's when he decided that he was going to cast me yeah. because the only thing he had really seen is something wild. So yeah. he didn't know I was like. And me personally, to this day, I've never gotten in a fight. Yeah. So to play these kind of, and, and Henry Hill, the only way he got as far as he did was because he he was a good soldier. He yeah. did what he was told. Right. But he didn't. You wasn't going around whacking people or things like that. <laughs> right. He was just getting them things to eat or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So that's how the persistence got him. Uh, yeah, I guess. You've never gotten into a fight. No. Once in seventh grade. <laughs> Once in seventh grade, because me and this guy, Jeff Roth, we were fighting over what grammar school had oh better, my God. better cafeteria food. I swear to God, I think it was something like that. So we went down. First, we were going to fight at the path. Yeah. And then said, no, not the path. Meet him down at the house. Yeah. So then we went down to the house where, you know, this big field, the soccer oh. fields and baseball yeah. fields. And right. We had a fight and it was stupid and I won. <laughs> <laughs> at least you won that's it that's hilarious because even now even today like i know i'm going to talk to you and like in my mind i'm like oh boy this guy's a tough fucking guy <laughs> what, I, what the fuck am i going to say to this guy yeah. you know but yeah it's interesting that you know that you get identified with the characters yeah 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 it does happen yeah of course too. because that's it how, how, how are they going to know you they don't know you well, right so they know. saw the muppet movies yeah and then it's a different I did guy. Two movies with the Muppets. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's a younger generation that just thinks you're a sweetheart. Yeah, exactly. And the people from the soap. Yep. Oh, yeah. Way back. Yeah. I imagine. They, do you still get people to recognize you from that? Come on. No, uh, sometimes, but yeah, they're a little older. Would, so when you did Goodfellas, I mean, like that said, I can't like, and I and if you're tired of talking about it, I can't imagine how amazing it, it was uh, to be on that set. Was it? It was. It was the ultimate in playing pretend. Yeah. But also, 
uh, not to bring a downer into it, my mom was sick with cancer oh. during the whole time and passed away in the middle of filming it. Mm. And the Teamsters and Pesci, they all came to the funeral. They came to my house after. So it was really, so my thing is like, uh, I, I can play pretend with everybody. My mom's dying. Yeah. So I don't care who you are, what reputation you have, what movies you did. Yeah. This is something that's really serious. So yeah. All we're doing is playing pretend, so let's play pretend. And I don't mean that in a cocky way. It, it's just the, the the mindset that you get when you're when you're going through something like that. It must have helped you out. It didn't make me shy. Yeah. So uh, well, I just went and had fun. But again, Marty's one of those kinds of people that's so excited yeah. by the pretend of it all. Right, right. So that, wow, that's amazing. And so, like, she passed away, and then he still had a month or two to shoot, or like, what? Yeah, the first scene that, that I had, I remember the scene, I had a scene with Paulie and some other guy. Yeah. Uh, when they told me for sure to go home. Yeah. And that was brutal. Yeah. Uh, but we still had to finish shooting, and then she did. She passed in my arms. She waited for me, no question yeah. about it. Uh, and then uh, I go back, and the first scene back is one of the only times that there's laughing. It's it's when it's when Karen Lorraine comes at me saying, "You stood me up. Who do you think you are, uh, Frankie Valley?" And yeah. blah, blah, blah blah. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was my first scene back. Oh, like the day after, or a few days. A few days after. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you just walked right back in. That's yeah. something. Thank God. Yeah. Right. Thank God to tell you the truth. Right. Yeah, yeah. And and w your old man was still around or no? Yeah. 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 Uh, he's still around now? No, he died a couple of years ago at 98. Oh, that's a good run, huh? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, like, what is it do you think, like, because you've done a, a lot of fucking movies, and uh, and you just, you, you clearly love to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. Sometimes you have to work. Sometimes, no, of course. You know, uh, yeah, of course. There's a couple in there that I'd rather not have done, but yeah. you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> but Copland, that was, I love that movie. That was a really good movie. Right. It was totally a good movie. So it was right. Narc. Narc is a great fucking movie. Yeah. You're fucking menacing in that. What, what is it with you and corrupt cops? I don't know. They like me. <laughs> they like you to do that. Yeah. So this show that, like, why is this um, going to be the last season? Of uh, shades of blue, I I have my theories, but I don't know for sure. I I, I think really what it is is yeah. that 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 Jen kind of had enough. Oh yeah, and it was really hard. She has so much on her plate. She's doing Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, she's she's got the the Vegas show. Yeah, she's got a two hour dance show on on NBC that that uh, every week. Yeah, uh, she's newly in love. And uh, there weren't enough hours in a day. And doing a series, especially something like this one, yeah, it's really, it's draining. Yeah. It's draining and it takes a lot of time. And so, uh, that, she didn't have that much time. She was, she was busy with other things. Right. So well, what, did they just write a conclusion to the investigation? I mean, what happens? At, like, I mean, this is the last season. No, we didn't know until two weeks ago that, that it was oh. ending. So they, the season that they wrote was as if it was going to continue on. Oh. You know, we all want, I wanted it to go on because it's just a great character. Yeah. Uh, but we didn't know until maybe now it's three, three weeks, a month, that, that this was going to be it. So yeah. it's not everything is tied up. In, in a bow it's just it's just over and that's all there is to it i was hoping they would keep it going yeah. you know and not re replace jen because yeah. jen is jen but they could have brought somebody else in right because 
it's a good show. Yeah. It's a really good show. But it's their ball and bat. Yeah. I uh that's the business. You were I we were in a movie together. We were? <laughs> yeah. I what? Did. Flock of dudes. No. Yes. With uh uh Dalia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and go like I, I didn't even see the final cut Neither of it. Neither did I. I don't I, think but, it ever came out. No, I, it did kind of come out. Yeah. Kind of? It, it's out. You can watch it. Really? Yeah, I played the boss of uh, you know those guys. No, That's so funny. That's I got, funny. <laughs> maybe we should watch it. I know I didn't do scenes with you. That I know. No, I had the scenes with Dalia. Yeah. I see him all the time at the comedy store. So what the, what are you working on now? You got a movie working? I just finished a movie with Noah Baumbach. The really? Come out this fall, and do you play I'm, a corrupt I'm cop? <laughs> no, I'm a lawyer in this one. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Cops love me when they when I see cops in New York. We always like just of course shoot the shit. Well, they they, they you understand them. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's got to be you know, like I I don't know what kind of research you do or whether you just pull from the do you go when you do when you get a part like that, you know, like Copland or even the the first season of Shades of Blue or any of them where you know it, Narc. I mean, do you do you just stick with the script and then use your own imagination, or do you like, or do you talk to cops? Or no, no. I in the beginning, I think the first time I played a cop was Unlawful Entry, uh-huh. and I uh, I went and, and did a ride along with with a sergeant, and I would go and ride with them, yeah, uh, as well as talking to them, going to the shooting range, reading books, right. So I, I've done plenty of uh, of research, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, they, and I they, used to really be into the research. I played a heart surgeon where I was watching open heart surgeries for weeks. Really, I was there so much that the doctor asked me. He said, "Do you want to come up and stand next to me while I'm doing this?" And I said, "Yeah, I would." And he says, "All right, come on, stand right here." And the woman's chest was wide open. Oh my god! And and he said, "Do you want to touch your heart?" Oh my god! I said, "What?" He said, "Do you want to touch your heart?" Yeah, yeah. And I went down and touched God. Boom! Touched this woman's heart because it's not going up and down because they can't operate. Yeah. But they they got the the, the bypass machine, machine yeah. going, and uh, I touched this woman's heart. Yeah, gloves. It on. was great. Yeah, I played a coroner once, so I was going down to the city coroner's office, and I hate being late. And there was a lot of traffic. I think it was on the one thirty four, wherever uh-huh. wherever it was. And and I finally get there and I run up. I said, I'm so sorry I'm late. I am so sorry. And they they turn. He said, no, don't worry about it. And he pointed. And he said, that was him. And there was a guy with a sheet over him, dead. He tried to cross the 134. Oh, my God. And that's what the traffic was. He he got hit and died. Oh, my God. I mean, God. there's nothing funny about it. No. But uh, just it was coincidental. It's closure. It's closure. It's you know, closure. Like, <laughs> it's closure. <laughs> So how long did you spend looking at bodies? Uh, just a day on that one. What other weird-ass research did you do? <laughs> um, baseball. I played a lot of baseball yeah. when I did Field of Dreams. I, yeah. I, uh, uh, Rod Dato, who coaches the USC baseball team, yeah. has more national champions than, than in any other sport. He's cha- like he was a 13-time uh, yeah. uh, collegiate champion. So yeah. I went there. Uh, and and worked out with them and Donnie Buford, who used to play for the Orioles. Uh-huh. 
So did you play? Did you, had you played in uh, high little school league, or college? Little league and junior high school, and then I got hit a couple times, and I said, "That's it. I'm too chicken." Oh, the ball. Yeah, can't be afraid of the ball. I, you can't be afraid of the ball. Ugh. You just got to stand up there, and I don't know how they do it. Yeah, yeah. Because there was one kid who just had. And that time it was like heat, but he had no control. Oh, and I just, I just didn't have him to 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 stand in there. <laughs> yeah. I didn't. No, no. It's like I I, I played uh, little league, and I, that was it for me. I couldn't. I the thought of getting hit by a fucking ball. <laughs> little, league, little league, first game or whatever. A little ground ball comes. My 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 glove falls off. Boom! The ball hits my finger, breaks it. It's <laughs> oh, no, like the it's first a sign. Game. It's a, a sign. Total sign. I was in center field. I got hit in the fucking face. <laughs> I fell down. I was under. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? If someone like, hit you, the ball or the no, grass? It's a pop fly. Yeah. And I'm backing up. Right. And I trip, and it bounced right off my fucking face. And I'm like, that's it. If you get hit in the face in center field. You're not meant for the game, See? right? Yeah, no. <laughs> we're, we're built for this stuff, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. How yeah. often do you go back to Jersey? Uh, if I'm in New York now, my sister and dad, they were down in Florida, oh. so I would always go and visit them. But when I'm in New York and when I was doing the series, we yeah. shot it here, I would go home just to see some green. Yeah, and yeah. My, my best friend Gene yeah. uh, lives in Scotch Plains. So I would go out there and, and you guys just are still chill best friends day or two. Yeah, since high school or something. Yep. Yep. That's great. Since third man. grade. Third grade, and he, and he lives in Jersey. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And everything you feel good. You feel like you got closure in your life. The adoption. The everything. Yeah. Else. Yeah. All that. Yes. And you're yes. doing all right. Yeah. Yeah. I I still feel I have a lot more to do with this though. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I still feel like I haven't made it. I there's still things I want to do. Well, I'm curious about this Bombback movie. I guess you can't really talk about it. But it was it a small movie like he usually does? Like you know. Mm, yeah. I mean, I mean not small. Scarlett Johansson I mean, and Adam Driver. Two those big, hot those people, big cast. Yeah. Which which you know. But like he sh he shot it like he shot to shoots his other movies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh great! Yeah, yeah, Noah's great. Yeah, he's really great, and and I kind of got the the script kind of late, and I really need time now, especially at sixty three, to yeah. learn to learn my lines. I can't do it overnight like I used to. Yeah, yeah. So, and he he wants every I dotted and every T crossed. Right. And and if you don't get that, he'll just tell you again, and he doesn't get flustered. He doesn't get. Maniacal. He doesn't roll his eyes. He's not looking at his watch. Yeah. He's just doing it again. You do yeah. it again. So you feel safe as an actor. And that only happened in one scene, and it was only part of one scene. Yeah. Everything else I, I I got, but there was one day I would like back. Yeah. I thought you know you finish, you do a scene, you, yeah. you do your stuff, and it's over. And then it turns around on the other people. Yeah. But I didn't realize it was still going to be on our side. And sometimes after you do your stuff, you just kind of you just get it out of there yeah. and and you give them the cues they need but right. the camera's on them let right. them get the words right yeah i you know it's weird because i'm like i'm pretty new to acting you know i'm on this show glow now and i'm still never i'm still not 100 percent sure what's covered when i'm getting my coverage and when it's on them i know when it's a close-up but a lot of times in the bigger shots i'm just going all in all the time that's because, what i did yeah i, I don't I, I i i agree with that yeah too. unless unless Maybe you you've got a breakdown. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right, and right, it's, right. It's, it's sure, on sure. Your back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and I I I I think might the, well give it the to more him, you right? do it, the deeper it gets. I that's what I feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just do it. I know well, there's that's some exciting. people who wait for. Yeah. 
There's some people that shut right the fuck off on their, uh, whether it's your coverage. Completely. It's, and it's sort Completely. of like, come on, give me, a, give me something. I've heard of people not even showing up. Oh, they have the someone else read for it? Yeah. A stand-in? Yeah. It's rude. That's fucked up. All right, well, it's great to see you, man. Same here. It was great talking to you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, best of luck with everything. Thank you. You too. That was him, man. Sat right across from me. Fucking Ray Liotta. For reals. Let's play some sad rocking guitar. Instead of fucking grumbling mess. Boomer lives. 